Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. And our guest on this episode is Jim Quick, who's known for his expertise in speed reading, memory improvement, and optimal brain performance. Jim is the author of the new book, Limitless, Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your Exceptional Life. Jim is the founder and CEO of Quick Learning, and he's taught his techniques to students at Harvard, Stanford, and Columbia Universities, and to executives of companies like Nike, GE, SpaceX, and Virgin. He feels the sheltering we're doing during the COVID-19 pandemic offers us an opportunity to transform our brain power, our mindset, and our creativity. Jim, we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. Well, we are too, because you say we need to think of this challenging period we're in right now as being in a cocoon. I, I like the idea. Tell us more about that. Well, use the word transform, and I feel like that's the metaphor that, that would be very empowering for us to have right now, that, you know, that the symbol of a profound change is that of a cocoon, I mean, you know, sort of transforming into a, into a butterfly, caterpillar into a butterfly. And I feel like everybody could identify with this idea of being cocooned, like we are alone, we are physically distancing ourselves, And it's interesting place, right? To be alone with our own thoughts, to be yeah. alone with our own fears or doubts or even feeling alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the book, as you mentioned, is called Limitless. One of the things that hold us back is, is hanging on to, uh, clinging on to a world that was rather than progressing and t- continuing the cycle. So I believe while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in the cocoon. And so there are five things that I'm recommending clients and, uh, and friends and family to do if they want to come out stronger, uh, more wiser, uh, you know, where there's some kind of silver lining here. And I'm not discounting at all whatever anyone is feeling right now because we go through a whole range of emotions and if you want to be able to to level up you know your life then there are five c's and i I alliterate everything to make it very memorable Mm -hmm. and here are the the really quick five c's to cocooning to come out um come out as that butterfly that has the potential to to soar to to new heights number one is clarity I think that solitude is a wonderful opportunity for self-reflection. Sometimes when we're going 90 miles an hour in our life and our career, we don't ever have that pause to just check in with things and, and just check to see, you know, ask yourself a simple question like, what's, what's really most important to me in life? What's most important to me in my career? What's most important to me in school? What's most important to me in my contribution or my relationships? And I believe there's, that clarity gives you power. And having this perspective um, will allow you to to be able to free up and 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 really tune into yourself. That whatever is going on in the external world, that you could check in with your internal world. And after you know more of your values, and you kind of check in with yourself, ask another magic question besides what's most important to me in this situation or in this life is. Um, are my are my actions aligned with those values like are the, are the activities that i make my day up are, are they are they moving me towards and feeding those important things those values or are they moving me away from so the first one is clarity the second c is care and i we've all heard the phrase that self care is not selfish and i don't just mean physical like physical hygiene i mean that's mm-hmm. kind of pretty straightforward you wash your hands you sanitize everything six feet um but i mean also mental hygiene and one of the things of the challenges right now is 
when we are in chronic fear, chronic fear suppresses our immune system. It compromises our ability to fight off viruses and colds and, um, and flus. And so one of the ways of self-caring for ourselves is really just to monitor the input. Like what are we feeding our minds just like we would, what are we feeding our bodies? And so, you know, self-care certainly could be, we talk about in the book that, you know, 10 great brain foods or how to prioritize and optimize uh, your sleep or lower stress. But also part of it is also controlling what we're feeding our mind and you know, your brain, your brains have a, has an algorithm like social media. Have you ever noticed like if you're on Instagram, if you happen to comment or like certain kinds of posts, they feed you more of those posts. <laughs> yeah, like, always. Just, yeah. It could be like, cats and you know they just all of a sudden everything is a cat and um but your mind is the same way so if we're overindulging in for example fear or what's going on in in the news and i'm not saying don't know what's going on i think it's important to have an idea of what's going on in the world but if we feel like we're overindulging what happens is we're training our brain that same algorithm we're teaching it what to feed us and we just start seeing more darkness and the problem with that is we're not seeing, you know, we're not shining, shining a, a light on what we can be grateful for. We're not shining a spotlight on opportunities and possibilities. So prioritizing care. Uh, third C besides clarity and care is contribution. I think one of the fastest ways out of fear is service. That if you, uh, you know, if you feel scared or you have anxiety to focus on somebody else and, uh, and the question is, how can I use my time, my talent, my some of my treasure to make a difference and it could be as simple as calling up a neighbor and facetiming them and just checking in on them you know making sure you know people are are not lonely that they have you know resources and food and, and and something like that for us on social media we've been doing these regular lives for students like you know since school is out teaching students how to learn and speed reading and memory and, and just making it completely free and just uh, that's way our way of contributing um after you have contribution and no specific order i'm thinking about creativity for number four that this could be in a, a very creative time of our life. Um, we've seen online mentions uh, that William Shakespeare during the Great Plague created Macbeth and Anthony and Cleopatra, some of the most creative um, years of his of his life. Uh, that uh, when they shut down the London, the university there, Isaac Newton had to socially distance himself and go home. And that's when the apple fell from one of his trees onto his head. And he came up with the theories of motion and the theories of, of, of gravity. And so what have you always wanted to create? And I'm not saying, again, whatever the range of emotion that you're going through, honor that. And that's part of the human experience. And, you know, we have these ability to make choices and maybe spend 10, 20 minutes doing that thing you've always wanted to do, that music you wanted to create, that art you wanted to create, that poetry, that that writing, um, that business plan. Where can you create? Because I believe even before what's going on in the world, a lot of opportunity and a lot of jobs were going to machines. They were being automated. They were going to artificial intelligence and but what won't be outsourced is I believe the future belongs to the creatives you know there's the limitless resource when I'm talking about limitless on planet earth is the human mind there's no limit to your creativity there's no limit to your imagination there's no limit to togetherness or 
human determination. And so where can you take those resources and create something brand new? And finally, number five, after clarity, care, contribution, creativity, I'm thinking about capability. Capability specifically in the area of skills. Like right now, jobs, the market, the future of work, everything, the future of learning, education, everything is changing. And so it really falls down to our skill sets, meaning don't expand, don't shrink your dreams to fit this current situation. You could expand your capabilities to be able to meet your, your goals and your, 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 you know, what you believe you desire and what you deserve. And so what skills have you always wanted to be able to add into your toolbox? Have you wanted to learn Spanish? Have you always wanted to learn to code? Have you want to learn salsa? You know, and everything is, is so available right now. We have unfettered access to YouTube and podcasts like yours. And so, you know, I think if there's one capability to, to add to your repertoire is your ability to learn. I think it's the number one skill for anyone of any age or any stage in life because the world is changing so fast. And if, um, if there was a genie could grant you any one wish, but only one wish, everyone would wish for infinite wishes, right? Millions of wishes. <laughs> if I was your learning genie and I could do, I could help you learn one subject or any one skill in the whole world, what would the equivalent be of asking for infinite wishes? I think you would learn how to learn because if you can learn how to learn, you could grant all your learning wishes. You could apply that towards math, money, marketing, management, Mandarin, music, martial arts, and anything, anything that even doesn't even start with an M doesn't have to, right? <laughs> and so everything gets easier. And I think that if the, the, the way to do that, that's why I wrote the book. It was all a book on methodologies on how to read faster, how to learn languages, how to be able to change your habits, the best brain foods, how to, how to increase your concentration in a wolf full of distraction, how to boost your memory to remember names and, and the things that you need to be able to do. But I, I think that capability is, is the one that people should double down on. There's really nobody better to teach us this than you because you have such an amazing personal story about how you went from being known as the boy with the broken brain to being this amazing, exceptional learner who teaches CEOs and people who are, are known to be very smart how to be even smarter. And I think at this time, our country, our world really needs to hear your story and to get inspired by that. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, the quick, the quick story. Um, and quick really is my last name. I didn't change it to do what I do. Um, <laughs> but it works. It, it does. It's my father's name, my grandfather's name. It's spelled K-W-I-K. But um, I had to be a runner back in school, which is which is a lot of pressure. When it's just <laughs> and, uh, I get to do my dharma, my mission, which is teaching people how to learn faster. And um, and, but it wasn't always that way. When people see me on stages, they'll, they'll see me do these demonstrations. And I'm in, I'm in front of a good quarter million people live every year. I'll, I'll have some, I'll maybe a hundred people stand up in an audience and introduce themselves to everybody else. And I'll memorize all their names or they'll give me a hundred words or a hundred numbers and I'll recite them forwards and backwards. And I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to really express to you what's possible because the truth is all of your listeners right now, regardless of your age, your background, your career, education, your financial situation, your gender, history, IQ, um, it, it's possible for any of us. We just weren't taught. 
you know, if anything, we're taught a lie that somehow our memory, our potential, our, our power is somehow fixed, like our shoe size. And we've discovered more about the human brain in the past 10 years than the previous thousand years combined. And we found is we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities. And the reason I know this is because, you know, as you, as you mentioned, I had the broken brain when I was five years old in kindergarten, I had a very bad fall, head trauma, brain injury, and I had very slow processing from there. I had very poor focus, poor, poor memory. A few took me an extra few years to learn how to read. So I, I struggled all through school. And uh, my superpower back then was becoming invisible because I didn't, when you feel like you're broken, you don't want to be called on in class. You don't have the answers. I would always hide, shrink down behind the big kid in class. And, um, and it just, it was, it was a challenge. And when I was 18 years old, I was lucky to get into university and I, um, and I said, I'm, okay, I thought freshmen meant I could make a fresh start. And I took all these classes and I actually did worse. And I was ready to quit, but I didn't know how to tell my parents that I was going to quit school. I'm the oldest of three and I didn't think it would be a good example. And, um, and my friend said, hey, why don't you come home with me this weekend? I'm going to visit my family and get some perspective. And I feel like that's, that's very key right now, that we, we need to get some perspective. And one, of the, one, one way of getting perspective is changing the people that you spend time with, because I believe who you spend time with is who you become. And, um, and when we get to the, the family's home, the father walks me around his property and pretty well off. And the father asked me an innocent question, but it's the worst question you could ask me. He says, Jim, how's school? And I just break down. You know, I just a decade and a half struggled and I tell him my whole story, broken brain and ready to quit. And he was like, Jim, why are you in school? What do you want to be, do, have, share? And I honestly didn't have an answer. And I really do believe questions are the answer. So the power of perspective questions. And he makes me write down this bucket list. And when I'm done, I start folding it to put it in my pocket and he grabs it out of my hand. And he starts to read it. And I didn't, honestly, I was very unnerved because I didn't think he was going to look at it. I mean, these are things I never shared with anybody, um, you know, personal dreams and ambitions and everything. And when he's done, he looks up at me and he says, Jim, you are this close to everything on this list. And he spreads his index fingers about a foot apart. And I'm thinking, no way, give me 10 lifetimes. I'm not going to crack this list. And he takes the two fingers and puts them to the side of my head, meaning what's in between my my head or my brain is really the key to achieving that things on the list. And he takes me into his home, into a room I've never seen before. It is wall to wall, ceiling the floor covered in books. And remember, I've never read a book cover to cover. I'm a very poor reader. It's like being in a room full of snakes. And it was just really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> but what makes it worse is he starts going to each of the shelves and grabbing snakes and handing them to me. And after a little while, I have a pile of books in my arms and I start looking at the the titles and there are these biographies of incredible women and men in history and some very early personal growth books. And he says, Jim, leaders are readers. I want you to read one book a week so you can get the stuff on this list. And I'm like, no way. You can't, I can't. I'm a poor, you know, a broken brain at this. And I always tell people when they come to me saying I'm too old or I have a horrible memory or I'm just not smart enough or fill in the blank. I always say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Mm -hmm. If you fight for your limits, they're yours because your brain is like a supercomputer and you're self-talk is the program it will run so if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering people's names you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to if people truly understood how powerful their mind is they wouldn't say or think something they didn't want to be true and he makes me um 
And I say, I can't read these books. And I have all this, I tell my Apple his schoolwork to get through. And he looks at me, he says, Jim, don't let school get in the way of your education. And I was like, wow. I was like, that, I didn't realize this was over 25 years ago. So I didn't realize it was a, a Mark Twain quote um, at the time. But yeah, I was like, that's a good point, but I still can't read all these books. And a very smart man, he reaches into his pocket and he takes out my bucket list and he starts reading all my dreams out loud. And honestly, to hear your dreams in another person's voice, a stranger's voice, like set out into the world, in the universe, it just messed with my mind and my soul, something fierce. And I, and, you know, honestly, a lot of things on that list were things I wanted to do for my parents, things they could never afford, or even if they had the money, they wouldn't do for themselves. And with that motivation, that purpose, I agree to read one book a week. So to complete the story, fast forward, I'm back at school and I have a pile of books I have to read for midterms and a pile of books. I promised to read and I already couldn't get through pile A. So what do I do? I don't eat. I don't sleep. I don't work out. I don't spend time with friends. I don't socialize. I just live in the library all the time and I'm just wasting away for weeks. And I, one night I pass out, I fall down a flight of stairs and I hit my head again. And I wake up in the hospital two days later, two full days later. And I, I've lost, I'm about down to 117 pounds just uh i thought i died and maybe part of me thought i wished i did um and i thought there has to be a better way and when i had that thought a nurse came in with a mug of tea and on it was a picture of albert einstein and it had this quote that you've heard before the same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve your problem and it made me think about my problem. I was like, my problem is I'm a very slow learner. Well, how do I think differently about it? Well, maybe I can learn how to learn. And, um, and then so I set my studies aside because I wasn't making much progress there anyway. And I start studying learning, adult learning theory, multiple intelligence theory. I was, I was really dedicated and committed to solving this one riddle. How does my brain work so I could work my brain? And I started studying mnemonics. I wanted to know what ancient cultures did to remember things. I started studying the art of speed reading and all these different areas. And about 60 days into it, a light switch flipped on and I just started to understand things for the very first time. I started to have this incredible unwavering concentration. I started to be able to read fast and recall what I read and my grades shot up and so did my life. The reason why I'm here today over a quarter of a century later is because I started to teach others because I wanted, you know, shame on me if people are suffering and struggling and I didn't support them and help them. And one of my very first students, she was a freshman in college. She read 30 books in 30 days. Can you imagine like wow. going on Amazon or oh, wow. <laughs> like, like not, not skim or scan, skip words, like really like read them. I mean, I, I, I train politicians and leaders and companies and doctors. You don't want your doctor just to get the gist of what she's reading. Really really focus on understanding. And she read 30 books and I wanted to know not how she did it. I I taught her how to do it. I want to know why, what her motivation was. And I found out her mother was dying of terminal cancer, was given only, only two months to live, 60 days. And the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life. And she ended up doing so. And when I heard that six months later, Later, that her mother not only survived but has really really got better doctors don't know how the why they, they, they called it a miracle but her mother attributed 100 percent to the great advice she got from her daughter and learned it from all these books and in that moment i realized that if knowledge is power 
then learning is your superpower. That if knowledge is power, learning is your superpower. And it's really the greatest superpower that allows all other superpowers. And it's a power we all have inside of us. We just weren't given an owner's manual. You know, your brain, when we talk about technology, is the most amazing technology, but more people upgrade their phones, their apps, everything else, than they do their mind. And so I wrote this book as an owner's manual for your mind to, you know, to learn everything faster, but more importantly, to really unlock your real potential. Limitless is not about being perfect. It's about advancing and progressing beyond what you currently believe is possible for yourself. What are some simple methods that you could pass on for learning things quickly? So learning, it's interesting because we broke down learning into five different chapters of the book. There's focus, there's study, there's speed reading, there's memory enhancement, there's critical thinking skills. Um, I would start with the memory because learning is remembering, Socrates said, that it's so important nowadays, but yet school teaches you what to learn and what to remember, but not how to learn and how to remember. So my advice for anybody who's listening to this right now, if you feel forgetful, like absent-minded, like senior moments are coming way too early. You misplace your, your, your wallet or your purse, your phone, your car keys, if not your car keys, your car, you forget where you parked the car, stuff like that. Um, I would say that improving your memory is one of the force multipliers. You get multiple rewards. And so I believe two of the most costly words in life and business are I forgot. I forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. I forgot the meeting. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot that conversation. I forgot that person's name. It just goes on and on and on. Uh-huh. So three keys to a better memory, um, MOM, remember mom. And so let's say, let's take learning names as an example. I think a lot of people have trouble remembering people's names or they'll admit that. Um, and yet if there was a suitcase of a million dollars cash, you for you, your favorite charity tax-free, just if you remembered and learned the name of the next person you met, who's going to remember that person's name for a million dollars? Everybody, right? Like, and so every, all of a sudden everyone becomes a memory expert. So it has nothing to do with your capabilities. It has everything to do with your motivation. Mm-hmm. And so really understanding, just like with this young woman who read 30 books in 30 days, if people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. And really tapping in to three H's, your head, your heart, and your hands. But a lot of people set learning goals in their head or income goals in their head or wellness goals in their head, but they don't act with their hands. They procrastinate because usually what's missing is that second age, which is your heart and the emotions. The key to a long-term memory is information by itself is forgettable. People will always, they'll forget the periodic table. You'll forget most of the things you learned in school because you didn't learn it in an emotional way, but information combined with emotion becomes unforgettable. I, I bet ladies that you have a song you could listen to that could take you back to when you're a teenager. Sure. I was just going to say that, or even a smell, you know, it's just yeah. a random right. thing. Like, why is that a long-term memory? Yeah. Exactly. A fragrance or a food that could take you back to when you were a child, because mm-hmm. information by itself is very ordinary and that doesn't stand out, but information combined with an emotion becomes very unforgettable. Maya Angelou, the poet said that people will forget what you say. They'll forget what you did 
they'll always remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And so we are not logical creatures. We are not logical. We are biological. And you Mm -hmm. think about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. We're this chemical soup of emotions. And so when you tie emotions to something, you're more likely to remember it, whether it's your from whether it's a fact or a figure, or a language, anything else gets easier. The O in mom, this is interesting. The O stands for observation. I really do believe when people come to me and they blame their memory issues on their retention, it's not your retention, it's your attention. Most people just are not paying attention because they are so distracted. You think about when you meet somebody, a lot of people really aren't listening. If they're honest, they're waiting for their turn to speak. Uh If they're honest, they are thinking about how they're going to respond. So Mm -hmm. they're distracted and they're not observing. And that's what the O stands for is observation. That it's not your retention, it's paying attention. So another way of building your memory besides adding emotion to something is to really listen. And like, even if you write down the word listen and you do like a little brain teaser, brain scramble and scramble, of the letters of the word listen, it also spells another word perfectly. It spells the word silent. And most people are just not silent and still. And if they were, they can learn a whole lot more, but they're not just, they're not really truly present. And so even in things in the book, little things, we have hundreds and hundreds of tips and techniques for upgrading your learning. There's even something simple like brushing your teeth with the opposite hand. Like my, my morning routine has been seen by tens of millions of people on Facebook and, and YouTube. And one of the things I teach people is just to eat or brush your teeth with the opposite hand because what it forces you to do, not only does it build a different part of your brain because there is a brain-body connection and a body-brain connection as your body moves, your brain grooves. There's a study done at Oxford University saying jugglers have bigger brains. They create more white matter. So using your, your body in novel ways actually stimulates growth in the brain. But oh. what it forces you to do when you're eating or brushing your teeth with their non-dominant hand, it forces you to be present because the worst thing you could do first thing in the morning is to distract yourself because how you do anything is how you do everything and we have uh, i have one video that has 27 million views on facebook and it's the message is really simple don't touch your phone the first hour of the day and i know people who are listening to this right now are just like really like oh my god how can that possibly even be realistic right but the reason why you don't is because when you wake up you're in your most creative relaxed state you will be probably all day and you're very suggestible. And if the first thing you do is pick up your phone, you're rewiring your brain, number one, to be distracted. Every ping, ding, ring, like, share, comment, video, whatever, it's just giving you a dopamine flood you know, on your nervous system and your motivation centers, which is training your distraction because whatever you do repeatedly is what you get better at. So people are building their distraction muscles every morning when they pick up their phone. But the second reason you don't pick up your phone at least the first half an hour of the day, and when you're in that relaxed state, it's very suggestible, it rewires your brain not only for distraction, it rewires your brain for reaction which is almost as worse because it's training you just to react to things because you could get one voicemail message, text message, social media message that could just, you know, hijack your whole day and put you in a bad mood. And it puts you, it trains you first thing in the morning to be distracted and it trains you first thing in the morning to be on the defense. And so now you're just reacting to things. And I really do talking about the metaphor of the butterfly. Another metaphor for life is not only a caterpillar and a butterfly, but a, a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer 
it it's only functions to react to everything mm-hmm. and you don't want to be that that device because you're just reacting to everything everything that goes on but if you're a thermostat a thermostat doesn't react it gauges the environment mm-hmm. but it sets a temperature and then the environment you know reacts to it and i feel like happiness and success it can only come if you feel like you have agency that you have it, that you the locus of control comes from inside the final m mom so you have motivation observation the last m are the methods and that's what half the book is on how to read faster how to learn languages how to give a ted talk from memory those kind of things and that must be very difficult to pick up um, surprisingly easy. Um, I mean, so at least, at least it's simple. Maybe, maybe easy a little bit of a strong word, but I train a lot of actors um, how to speed read scripts, how to memorize their lines if they have 30 pages of scripts, or, you know, a lot of the TED speakers, how to memorize, you know, in a fraction of the time, their 18-minute talk. Um, and there's ways of doing it that are actually surprisingly simple. And um, I'm happy to give a demonstration if your if your listeners would like, yeah, absolutely. So one of the techniques that we teach in the book is um, I, I wrote the memory chapter in Greece because I found out that the mud the goddess of memory, uh, her children were the nine muses. So the, the the nine muses of literature, science, arts, the mother is memory, and that's how important memory is. And so I wrote the chapter there, and I and I discovered um, years ago that I didn't want to just find out the latest neuroscience applied towards accelerated learning and, and human achievement in the book. It's also based on what did ancient cultures do to remember things before there were printing presses and smartphones. And I found out the ancient Greeks were very no, notable uh, uh, poets and orators because they were able to remember things very well and they use a strategy. It's a 2,500-year-old memory technique called the memory palace. And basically, the story goes, Simonides, who is a poet, was giving a reading, and when he left the building, something really tragic happened. The building collapsed and killed everyone there, and he was the lone survivor. Because he was the lone survivor, he had the responsibility of helping family members identify their loved ones. And he was able to because he remembered where they were all sitting. And we realized that human beings, you know, as hunter-gatherers, we didn't need to remember numbers and lots of words. We need to remember where things were because that's our survival. Where's the clean water? Where's the fertile soil? Where's the food? Where's the enemy tribe? And Jim, as you know, our show is called Nobody Told Me. So at the end of each program, we like to ask our guests, what is your nobody told me lesson? So in your case, what do you wish someone had told you when you were known as the boy with the broken brain that you know now and would have saved you from a lot of tough times? That's a really great question. I would say nobody told me how my brain works so I could work my brain. I could tell you that nobody told me growing up in school that would have saved me a lot of struggle, a lot of suffering, and I think a lot of people are going through the same thing with overload, distraction, memory loss, not feeling like they're enough, is nobody told me how to learn. 
And so school, again, was a great place to learn what to learn, but not how to learn. And you use your brain, but they don't show you how to use your brain. And that's really why I wrote this book, Limitless. The subtitle is Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your Exceptional Life. And really what it is, it's finally an owner's manual for your brain, that your brain controls everything in your life, your career, your relationships, your habits, your income, everything. And But it doesn't come with that operating manual. And that's why I wrote that, because nobody told me how how gifted, quote unquote, I was. And I think everybody has gifts and I think everybody has the right to an exceptional life and that your brain is the tool and is really the key. So nobody told me how to learn. Nobody told me how to use my memory. Nobody told me how to be able to focus. Nobody told me how to study. You just look at a child and you say, or one of your teammates, study or focus. But that that's like looking at somebody and saying, play the piano, who's never taken a class on how to play the piano because nobody told them how to play the piano. Well, nobody told you how to focus and nobody told you how to study. Nobody told you how to read faster. Nobody told you how to learn languages easily and effortlessly. Nobody told you how to, to remember things that are most important. And so that that's what Limitless really is. It is a methodology book on how to do those things and also how to reprogram and rewire your mind. Uh, for greater success by eliminating the negative doubt, the negative self-talk, negative beliefs, and really how to unlock your drive and motivation for to do the things that you really need to do. And Jim, how can people connect with you on social media and the internet and just generally stay in touch with you? The best way of of staying in touch with me is I I challenge everybody right now to take a screenshot of this episode and tag you and tag me. I'm at at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, and uh, post it. And when you're posting, share your big takeaway. What was one thing from the conversation? Because one of the fastest ways of learning better is to learn with the intention of teaching somebody else. And so when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So tag us both in it and share it. I'll repost some of my favorites and I'll actually send a copy of the book to to one person. But share your big takeaway when you post it uh, on social media. And, um, and if you want to get your own copy of the book, it's very simple. Go to LimitlessBook.com and that's where you can get it at a discount. All the links are there and you get three bonus gifts. We're going to gift everybody a 10-day uh, reading memory course. So that way you can get your mind primed because I want this book to be, doesn't have to be the most bought book, but I want it to be the most read and finished book. And so a lot of people buy books and it sits on your shelf and it becomes shelf help and not real self-help. I want you to read it. So I'll give you a 10-day program as my gift for ordering the book. And so when you arrive, then you're going to go through it. I'm also going to give you two chapters, uh, which are Limitless for Teams, for those of you who work in teams or have a team of three or 3,000, how to apply Limitless towards your the collective intelligence of your organization, and Limitless for Children, for those of you who are teachers or parents and want to apply the Limitless model for your kids. And then the last gift is actually a free book club. There are four sections of the book, and we're going to spend one week on every section as a group. All of us are going to read it together. I'm going to show you how to read it and how to remember what you read, and most importantly, how to apply 
Fly, which you read every single week. So we're going to get together four times over the course of a month after you get the book. And um, I'm going to help you to be able to read it and be able to apply it. So I want to thank you both, Laura and Jen, for, for making this possible, for the capes that you wear, for filling in the gaps of learning in people's lives of the things that they wish they would have been told, because this is a very important conversation. And I wish everybody who's listening, I wish you great health, and I wish your days be full lots of life, lots of laughter, lots of love, and always lots of learning. Well, we thank you so much, Jim, for joining us on the show. Our thanks to Jim Quick, whose new book is called Limitless. Upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, and unlock your exceptional life. And again, his website is Jim Quick, and Quick is spelled K-W-I-K dot com. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. And you've been listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us.